What's going on, guys? And welcome to Military Cash Flow. Today we got a uh, an awesome guest. But first, Mike, what's going on with you? What's up, man? I'm moving today. What's funny is I'm just moving apartments in the same complex. And just for the audience to know, this is the first time this last year when I transitioned over to Charlotte was the first time I've, I've lived in an apartment because I've been house hacking literally for the past like couple of years. And so uh, because I, you know, it's been a crazy year with COVID and stuff, taxes still aren't done, all this other stuff. So I still can't qualify for the loans yet because every lender wants to see taxes. So I'm like, all right, man, I'll sign another lease. So what I did was I, I got an apartment in the apartment complex, right? Just moved down so I get a little bit more space. And so it's been a pain in the ass, like taking everything through the hallways. <laughs> it's just like, but uh I'm halfway done, man. When it's all said and done, the studio hopefully is going to be popping. I can start producing some more content for you guys. But so you're going to have your own dedicated room now. Is that what it is? Yeah, the dedicated yeah. little podcast, little workstation room. That way I'm not doing it. Because y'all don't know this. In that other part, everything that y'all seen with the bookshelf and everything behind was this little cubby on literally on like the side of the hallway. But it looked, it looked like a full office, but it wasn't. It was like this little cubby. <laughs> great camera angles, y'all. But now I'm going to have a space that I could dedicate and hopefully build it out a little bit. Yeah, I definitely feel you, man. I'm in the guest bedroom. So we're yeah. like <laughs> the yeah. guest bedroom slash office. <laughs> that's, yep. how this, that's how this works here. So I got you, man. Um, that's, that's pretty cool. Especially like the moving from one apartment to another. I, I've went through that scenario myself one time. Uh, so if you guys don't know, I'm a Navy brat and we used to live on post in Jacksonville, Mayport, uh, Mayport military base. Right. And we literally one time had to move like three houses down. So three houses down. So we had to like take all of our stuff. And we're just walking to the street with, yeah. our, <laughs> with, our, with our couch and stuff. Like everybody's, everybody sees everything we have, you know, as yeah. like literally walking, walking with our dressers and like, you know, three people walking with the bed across, you know, like three houses down. So yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, that's cool, man. On my end, uh, we're just we're just hanging out right now, um, going through two refis at the same time. So I'm refining um, my my first uh, four unit with an Earl, and then uh, refine with our great Michael Glassby, uh, the the MLO. We, that's what we're gonna start calling you, Mike, the MLO man. Um, I like it <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> with uh, with Mike with my other uh, my other four unit with the LLC and it's it's going it's going really well so um, kind of late with the documents and stuff but it's going smoothly so if you guys need to um, refinance one of your investment properties that you own through an LLC make sure you link up with Mike or if you're looking for just a standard loan or any kind of uh, loan product in North Carolina and South Carolina right. That's correct. Yep. North Carolina and South Carolina. Make sure you uh, link up with Mike as well, and uh, we'll, we'll help you out. So, um, with that, man, let's talk about Shelby, dude. We got um, the very first guest that we've ever had on the podcast. This is back when it was still Financial Freedom Journal, just me out there solo doing this thing. Um, the first guest I ever brought on was Shelby Osborne, and uh, we wanted to do a, a like a a follow up, right? A follow up episode. So we brought her back for episode one hundred and one. And just to see the growth, so you can see the type of level of growth that uh, that that some of our service members are having once they get out. And it's just absolutely phenomenal. Mike? Yeah, man. Uh, so for those who don't know, Shelby Osborne is my business partner. And uh, I love this girl to death, man. She saw, she saw the fire in me, and she was able to complement a lot of my weaknesses that allowed me to scale as much as I have. And for everybody who knows me, I always say that I've done nothing 
by myself. Nothing. Everything has been with partners and with you know friends. It's been people that have shown support, and she's been a huge part of it. So when you hear her story, um, she she makes a comment where she says that she didn't even wake up in her mind, like see the world, until she was 27 years old. And I think of that wake up moment as like the time where we found like the Robert Kiyosaki books, right? Through the Rich Dad Poor Dad. And we said, hey, now I want to chase financial freedom. That's the way I kind of look at it. And she says that she didn't even wake up until she's 27. She's now 31. I don't know, what is that? Three years, four years. And look at the tremendous amount of growth that has happened. She is a testament of what you can do if you really just just make the decision to do it, right? Um, so this is going to be a great episode. And honestly, you guys are going to love it. And I'm, I'm excited to see what happens in the next 100 episodes when we bring her back. But without further ado, let's hop right to it. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby. And this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, military cash flow family? Today, we got a great guest back again from episode number one now to, I believe this is episode 101. 100 episodes later is kind of a follow-up and I'm really, really excited to get into it. Shelby, thank you so much for coming on and rejoining the podcast. Uh, please let us know just a little bit about yourself and then uh, we'll, we'll get into the backstory. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be back, especially since the very first episode didn't have Mike Glassby with us, right? It was just you and me, Dan. Yeah, so this will be super fun. <laughs> Um, okay, a little bit about, about me. I served in the military. I was in the army for six years and got out back in the beginning of 2018 to pursue real estate full-time as both an investor and an agent. So jumped in full throttle in 2018 and um, was Keller Williams Rookie of the Year on the agent side by the end of that first year. And on the investor side, had acquired 16 doors and then fast forward, you know, a couple more years and here we are in August of 2021 and I have 74 doors on the rental side and um, owner of the Five Pillars team at EXP with Michael Glassby here. And we have recently expanded nationwide. So we started in Fayetteville, North Carolina, right outside of Fort Bragg and then expanded to Charlotte and then boom, opened it up to everyone. So um, that in short is what's happened since last time we talked. <laughs> Jeez, well, a round of applause, man. Like it's it's crazy to see the growth, man. When I talk to uh I talk to a lot of people we have on here every now and again, we'll shoot notes and things like that. And you just see the 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 level of growth that the, that that everyone's having. And it's just so awesome, man. It really is, especially being, you know, um being a, a service member, right? And a lot of times we have those limiting beliefs and things, and then to see to see these people out here just crushing it, man. It's it's just it's just awesome, man. And I, and I appreciate everything you're doing, especially the whole bringing it worldwide, man, like uh, nationwide, you know, five pillars. That's awesome, dude. That's absolutely awesome. It is pretty cool because the majority of us uh, served or some of us are still serving. And so it really is veteran based. And, and what I've seen again and again, Mike and I have seen this is the best 
agents, the best investors have that military background because they understand like the grit. You understand the fact that you have to find an answer. There is no, I couldn't figure it out. Like you have to just get it done. And then also the, the system spaces that you don't really realize that you're building when you're in the military carry over really well to the investing and or agent side where it's like, understanding, delegating, understanding SOPs and building your systems in a way that, you know, the next person can pick it up and run with it. Yeah. So the army is, or the military has been great <laughs> for all of this. And we preach that all the time. Join the military to learn how to be a good business owner, <laughs> right? The skills just translate perfectly. Um, I mean, so this is, this is a special podcast for me because obviously I've seen you grow so much uh, in person in real life. So I got a lot of questions I'm going to ask you. I'm going to put you oh, on last out here. Oh good. But we're going to wait you for it, though. You need to send me a read ahead, man. No, no read ahead. No okay. read ahead. We want, it, we want it raw and authentic. But uh -huh. before then, though, let's let the audience know. Um, let's talk about um, some of the milestones that you've experienced since the last time we recorded. The last time we recorded was in 2019. So it's been about two years, a year and a half now. Um, so a lot has changed. So what's some of the uh, milestones? What's some of the big things that's happened in your life since then? And are you asking on the investor side or the agent Just, side? Primarily? Yeah, I, well, I want to know everything. Let's talk <laughs> investment. Let me you know you can separate it, right? Let's talk investments yeah. first. Let's talk agent side. And then if you don't mind sharing with the audience, just some of your big personal milestones too that might have happened. Because two years I is a long share time. share all of the things. Anything yeah. you want to know, <laughs> open book. Um, okay, so the investor side, some of the big milestones is it's, semi, I wouldn't say easy. It is more simple getting started on your first, second deal. And then before you know it, you're going to hit the point where lenders don't want to lend to you anymore, or um, you don't have the resources to pursue in the traditional ways of investing. So at that point, one of the milestones was how are we going to acquire more deals now that you know the normal resources to acquire deals have dried up? I can no longer use my VA loan. I had no W-2 income, so I had no bank that was like, yeah, we'll give you money because they're banking on the fact that I can make a commission. I don't even know if I can make a commission. So that was one of the big milestones, I would say. But through the, the avenues of private money lending, also partnerships. In 2019, Mike, you and I, we did that portfolio of 21 doors. Um, so that was a partnership deal. Mike actually was the one, he found that lead off Martin, correct me if I'm wrong, sometimes I just make shit up accidentally, but <laughs> he found that lead and he, he built a relationship with an older woman who was not even, I don't even believe trying to sell. And eventually over months, she sent it, he, she sold us a five door property and then decided to give us all the rest of my give, I mean, sell. Um, but that was a big opportunity that, you know, Mike secured for us it back in 2019. Um, but yeah, some, some of the hurdles would be just the ability to acquire more deals and private money and partnerships were how Mike and I really got around that. I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, jump in anytime. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's, it was a it was a fun journey for sure, and some of our listeners have heard that story before too about the, the the nice old lady, right? She had all these doors, and she still has more. She's still selling them. It's crazy, but okay. <laughs> so so we you started to scale. That was back in 2019. Mm -hmm. um, the investment side, you really started getting creative with how to find money using partnerships and leveraging. And then at what point, I guess, did your mindset shift from saying, "Hey, traditional resources." are no longer even an option. I need to always use creative application. Very quickly. 
And one of the reasons why it shifted so quickly probably is because of the community that we were able to build in Fayetteville um, in the investor side of the house is, is just we were constantly surrounded by people who were doing creative strategies to acquire properties, to refinance, to find the next deal. And so being surrounded by that community uh, really expedited the growth. Um, and the change in the mindset. But yeah, I would say even in 2018 is when I realized that the traditional means of doing real estate investing was not going to get me very far, very fast. And then even more so in 2019. And to this day, like I, um, everything that I'm doing right now is in commercial loans and it's the burn B strategy all the way with the use of private money. So um, yeah. So you talk about your primary strategy is the burn B, right? And, yeah. and so I want to I want to hit on two things. One is the partnership piece, right? And and how you are obviously, you know, if you're listening to this, you're hearing all these things that Shelby's doing. Um, and obviously you're not able to make that happen all by yourself. It, it takes partnership. So totally. what are you looking for in partners to make that happen? And then we'll transition to the next question about the uh, bird BNB. This is a great question because it's taken me a couple of years over time. Now I truly understand what I need in a partner. Whereas when you're just starting out, a lot of times you don't know it's very hard and it's a little bit, you know, you have to kind of put yourself out there and learn from experience, but you can also learn from my experience, which is look for a partner who compliments you in ways that you're weak. So Mike and I work really well because together we're a really strong package. He and I both have different strengths and different weaknesses, and he's very strong in my weaknesses. And I would say that I'm strong in his weaknesses. So together um, in a partnership, don't look for that person who's exactly like you, because then you guys are going to both be strong at the same thing and weak at the same thing and have blind spots. So I would definitely say that that is a big piece to consider when finding a partner. Another thing to consider is you have to understand, which this is really hard because people will say one thing and act another, um, but you're looking for someone who's just as motivated, dedicated as you are, because you don't want to get into a, a partnership where you feel like, oh my gosh, I want all these things to happen and I'll work, you know, hours after I get back, you know, from work at the army to make whatever my goal is happen. And then you turn around and your partner's like, well, we can do it later, or I'm tired, or I have all these excuses. So that is one of the most frustrating things that you should try not to get yourself into. So trying to monitor <laughs> the motivation level is critical, I would say, and difficult. Well, those are those are phenomenal pieces, man. Those are those are excellent pieces when uh, looking for a partnership. Now to transition over to the Airbnb Burr, some of those, some of people haven't even heard of that before, right? What exactly is that? And why do you, why do you focus on that, um, that style or that strategy now? Yeah, for sure. So the Burr strategy is pretty semi-commonly known. I don't know if your listeners, are they generally for familiar with the birth strategy probably oh yeah uh, and if they so. <laughs> y'all need to get off the channel no, <laughs> bye <laughs> okay so the birth strategy we're all kind of schooled up on the fact that it is a great way to recycle funds and acquire properties faster with the traditional burr model um generally at the end the rent piece of the burr is generally people are going to establish 12 month leases a long-term fixed lease so which is great it's Totally great. But if you want to increase the amount of income that you can make off a single deal, the Burr and B strategy is, in my mind, you can't beat it. 
So it's the burr strategy, but instead of going into a long-term rental at the end, you're going to furnish it and make it an Airbnb and a short-term rental. So same strategy, you're, you're finding a property, you're forcing equity, you're pulling out the, the cash to roll it again into the next one. But instead of just making a couple, you know, hundred bucks a month, if you're lucky, a door for cash flow, you can really increase that because the short-term rental income, in my experience, is at least two times, if not three times plus the amount that a long-term rental would be. Does that make sense? Makes complete sense. It's basically you're instead of instead of renting out on twelve month leases, you're getting uh getting it set up as an Airbnb, right? And totally. then you can make triple, sometimes quadruple the prop, profit right. I hear. And then so, if you only have you know five of these short term rentals, it's the same as having a slew of yes. long term. So it just it if whatever your financial freedom number is, you can just get there so much faster. If you do your research, like this doesn't mean it's yeah. going to fit everything. You have to do the research. You have to run the numbers. You have to have a plan, know your exit strategy, all of those things. But when done right, the burn B cannot be beat in my experience. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it's so important because, uh, you know, both of you guys have heard me say, you know, hindsight being 2020, if, if I had known what we know now, we could have been financially free with a lot less doors, a lot less stress and a lot totally. less concern, right? And for the audience who's listening, listen to what Shelby's saying. This was what has what she has learned over the past two years, right? It wasn't. It didn't start off like this. It started off with standard, hey, let's make some money, long-term rentals, use my VA and house hack. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, all of that's out the window and it's only commercial loans, it's it's uh, burrs, but then ending with burr, being, uh, burr and B, right? So understand that your, your goals, your exit strategies and your objectives are all going to change and you have to be willing to adapt with it. Totally. And I would say that a lot of people are worried about jumping in because they're like, oh, I don't have my strategy locked down. I'm not 100% sure. But the, the only thing that you can do is make moves in the direction you think you want to go, knowing everything you know now. You can't do better than your very best having the information that you have. So you might as well pursue forward, you know, full throttle as best you can. And then as you learn, just like Mike says, as you learn, you take in new information, you adjust your target slightly, and then you proceed. And it's the movement forward is not a straight line. It's a zigzag every single time. So just understand that's part of the process. It's part of the journey, man. And that's, I think that's the fun part of the journey too, right? Like you, you kind of, figure out what you uh, want to or what strategy suits you best, right? By trying out a bunch of different ones. And then after that, you kind of get locked and focused in on one when you see what profits, what, what you know, maybe just what suits you better, right? What's, what's what you're more uh, apt to actually doing. Totally. And listen to, oh, sorry, Mike. No, 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 go, go for it, go for it. I was gonna say, listen to yourself. A lot of people will just be like, oh, well, I think I'm supposed to move from single family to multifamily to syndications to these huge apartment deals to whatever, which is great if that is what makes you happy, you feel energized working on it. For me personally, I'm trying really hard not to listen to the FOMO of all of the, you know, syndication, all the big scale stuff, because what makes me happy is making sure my Airbnbs are a really cool experience for people, that they're the best that they could possibly be and that they're highly optimized. So, you know, reducing expenses, making sure I'm staying on my management, reviewing what they're sending to the guests to make sure it's like freaking good. That's what makes me happy. So my whole point from that is listen to yourself and then go where your natural pull is taking you. And that's a great point because 
we don't realize that even in the real estate world, there are trends. There's hot things, just like mm -hmm. in real life where, right. hey, Bitcoin, oh, that's the new hot stuff. Same thing happens in real estate. So when we hear syndication, just because that's the new hot topic doesn't mean that we all have to do it. Right. You have to find something that you're energized with, because remember, the whole reason we're investing is to create the lifestyle that we want, not another job. Totally. So I think that's that's beyond imperative that you that you rewind that and listen to her one more time. Find what energizes you now on, on the token. Of, I got it. I got to say it on the token of being uh, adaptive and agile. It's like being an athlete. And that's why I <laughs> am so athletic. You know what I'm saying? I keep my hips moving so I can flex when things zig and zag. Y'all have not probably seen him play football or do okay. anything athletic. <laughs> I watched this man try to, what did you clean? It was like 85 pounds. He threw it in okay. his freaking bag. But it was, like, it was like the 400th rep, all right? <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. I get to show the real you. Okay. Let, right, let well, us know, man, because the people don't know, man. The people don't know. This is hilarious. Okay. Yeah, well, next <laughs> Next topic. All right. So we talked about your journey, though, on the investing side. And I think, again, we, we, how, how you've grown and how you've adapted and how you've changed over those two years. But for the audience that doesn't know, simultaneously, as you were growing your investment side, you're growing a business as well. Multiple businesses, but specifically the, the real estate agent side of the business. Yeah. So talk to us about what that growth looked like for the past two years. How's it changed? Oh, my gosh. The, it is wild to think back that... Um, Back in the beginning of 2019, when we first met Dan at um, GrowthCon, um, we had we had been a team for like a month, literally a month. I was a solo agent my first year in 2019, so it was just me against the world. And then Mike and I, our paths got thrown together, and holy shit, from there, um, we decided to build Five Pillars Team at EXP. Back in the day, it was at Keller Williams when we moved since then. Um, but yeah, so basically investor-minded agents, all personally investing, but also helping anyone buy, sell, invest. And the growth that's happened, we've had an influx of members. And with that comes a change in the backend structure and hiring on admin to support these agents coming on. So it's been like, it literally went from like one man, then two man show to this huge operation with staff and a ton of agents in two different markets. And then from that, our systems are, I'm really proud of our systems. I really are, am. Like we have documented, we have step-by-step -step checklists. We have video tutorials on how to do everything. And, and it's come over time slowly. So Mike and I would attack a piece at a time, file it. So that way all of the team could use it as a resource. And now it's really cool because our model has changed even a step further. And instead of having an in-house staff and agents who are basically, um, they give a big piece of their commissions to the team. We've actually switched that model and we give away all of the value that we did before with a 50-50 split from our agents for free. And, and in this model, we basically, and it's, it came from the fact that Mike and I are, you know, gotten to the point with our investments that we don't need money in the same way. And so we're able to give um, away our products and tools essentially because it's a passion project at this point. And our goal is to take agents and create, um, help them achieve financial freedom within three years. It's, hey, if you start today, we'll give you all the tools, resources that you need for you to make the life that you want in three years, as opposed, we're not doing it for you. Sink or swim, that's up to you. 
However, every resource, every bit of guidance and help that, you know, you could choose to use is here for you to change your entire world. All right, let's take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network, and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our military cash flow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools. And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. And that was a lot. That was fucking rambling. (laughs) No, no, but that that was great. That was absolutely phenomenal because, you know, like I'm a a newer agent, right? And I've talked to a lot of other newer agents as well. Like people in my class are people that, you know, I was in my real estate class with, right? Um, I still, I reach out to a few of them and I I talk to them and, and no one's talking about that. You know, they're not talking about the system like, hey, we're getting all these systems. They're, they're mainly focused on their commission splits and what as, as the as the brokers, at least they are mainly focused on the agents making sales so that then that money can come back to the brokers. They're not right. talking about like, hey, you know, let's make especially not that let's make you financially free. You know what I mean? Let's let's go over your goals and go over your plans and see what we can do to make sure that you are financially free within the next three years with real estate like that's that's just not talked about so um i really really appreciate that and how did you how did you both kind of come up with that like why i understand yeah hey you know we have we you have your own financial freedom and it's 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 kind of a passion project now but at some point there had to be a transition to where you were like uh i i really really care more about the agency and building it out than the the actual money that 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 comes in so where was that transition and like why Oh, I thought you said Mike. (laughs) No, 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 no. Okay, gotcha. So I think that a lot of it honestly was reflection about what I was doing wrong, to be honest. So we were building, Mike and I from the very beginning, because we were taking those 50-50 splits from these agents, wanted to give them everything that they could possibly need. And in doing that, it's kind of like the coddling of the American mind, that book where they talk about don't fuck up your kids. I feel like because we were trying to do everything for the agents, the agents got further and further away from their own ownership. And at the end of the day, the ownership is what your self-responsibility is what's going to make or break you in life, whether it's in as an investor, whether it's as an agent and all this stuff. And so by providing those tools and allowing them to learn and develop and grow on their own with the resources, if they choose to use it, is developing agents who are responsible for their own world. And it's attracting the people who want to 
take the ownership to change their life. So I think the reflection was a big piece for me. Um, and yeah, I don't know, Mike, what, how about you? I, I think it was too. And it, you know, the, the important factor there is the same thing, like with your investment journey, things change over yeah, time, for sure. you know, and you have to be able to adapt. And I use this, uh, this analogy or this example all the time, but IBM, when people think of IBM, they still think computers, but today they are technology consultants. That's how they make their money. They don't create software anymore. Businesses that survive typically have to adapt, right? And so Shelby's talking about a perfect example where she was able to kind of shift her mindset as the times required it. Yeah. Um, but on that note, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, is because so many people, when they, when they think about starting a business, they think that they need to have everything designed up front, have the perfect systems in place, all the employees hire. What was your thought process along the journey? of when to implement systems, how to implement systems, how to train those systems, how to hire, what was just your mindset throughout these past two years? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, you cannot have everything set up before you hire people, before you bring on, before you jump in, because those systems will develop as you bring on people. So you could think that you have the perfect system for you as an agent, as a solo agent, dude, I closed 48 deals my first year all by myself. My systems were unlocked for me. When I bring on, you know, whoever and more and more people, not all people are created equally. And there's no way that I could, and that's not what I meant by like equally. I meant like your brains operate differently. What works for me, it does not work for everyone else. And you can't plan for that. You don't know until you have that person there and you're working through these problems together that you realize that you need to adapt your system. You need to shift. Oh, we need to hire another person here because this is a continued issue that's wasting the time of the team and not allowing them to focus on, you know, their 20% type of stuff. And so you can absolutely plan first, think first, try to have a vision, but it's just like we said before with the investing, it's a zigzag and you're going to just do the very best you can in the direction that you think is right based on everything that you know, proceed, stop, reflect, adjust, move forward. And that's, that's how it is in business, every single business. And if you're going to wait for that perfect scenario, you're waiting forever and you'll never get started. You know what I've noticed? Um, and I don't want to get your guys' opinion on this as well, just based off of, you know, this is outside looking in, right? Because I'm not a part of five pillars. I'm not up in North Carolina. I haven't really, if you guys don't know, I mean, we've actually only personally met each other like one time that's including that's including mike i've only <laughs> yeah. actually seen him face to face one time even though you know we're always together on podcasts and things like that and we're interviewing great guests like yourself but um i've noticed outside looking in based in, and we brought a number of five pillars agents on as well and i i feel that you guys share a commonality outside of just you know, the military, but I noticed that you guys have created a culture, right? And and I, I think that it kind of ties back to some of that self-ownership that you talked about, right? Because it seems like everybody that comes on from Five Pillars or everybody that I interact with from your agency is a go-getter get, go and, you know, they, they really are accountable for the, for themselves and their actions. What are your thoughts on that? I totally agree. I think that that's something that, and it has, it's what Mike was saying, it has adjusted. A lot of this is adjusted over time, but I think you're totally right. Like our um, core values are, which we talk about are, you know, extreme ownership. This, we have, you know, four core values. Extreme ownership is number one. 
Number two is problem solvers, like use creativity, critical and forward thinking, find a way to win, figure it out. The third one is trustworthy, be fair, reliable, honest, straightforward, never act with malice, like never do anything intentionally malicious. And then the last one is that growth mindset. So abundance, give and share without expectation of receiving anything in return. Culture first, we're always learning and progressing. And I think by like, as having core values that are deeply embedded in our culture. And then in addition to those strong core values, we actually have fun together and we actually like each other. That has created an environment of, um, I love our culture. I really do. And what I found that's also beautiful about it is that it will self-select. So because our culture is so core integral to our entire company is that if someone comes in that doesn't meet the culture, it, it doesn't last long because it's so tight and that person generally will self-select and leave. And if not, um, it's a conversation about, you know, growing and growth. And eventually if it's not a true fit in the core, they will leave, which keeps us, our culture really tight. And I I will say, absolutely. Yeah. And, and Shelby was always big on culture, right. And, um, for those that know on the, in the beginning, in my mindset, it was like, we're a machine bring people in, get them working, get them out, right? And I was thinking like an assembly line, but Shelby from day one was always about culture. So to that note, what about culture stuck out to you from the beginning where you just knew without a shadow of a doubt inherently that culture was gonna be more important than bodies or income? Everything. It's really like the most important thing, I would say. Um, Because when people want to do something, want to be a part of something, believe in the goal and um, feel good about where they're working, the gosh, they'll just do so much more. Like they'll do, they'll be so much more, which is, that's funny. Be more is actually our uh, freaking mission, Um, (laughs) but they really will. And I, I, I learned this a lot through the army probably. And it's probably taken years to be able to even slightly articulate it. Cause you're right, Mike, it's something that I inherently knew. Like even you would, you would ask, you would come to me and be like, Hey, we should just bring on more people. And I'd be like, no. And you'd say why? And I'm like, I don't even have really the words. I just know that it's not the right thing to do. <laughs> um, and I think, so the military is a great example of, there are organizations where people love their command team. They love each other. They believe in what they're doing. And those are the organizations that those people will go the extra mile. If there's something wrong, they're going to fix it on the spot and not just be like, that's not my problem. Um, Because they believe and they care about each other. Whereas if it's just a machine removing the culture, removing the humanity of it, that's where people don't feel connected. People don't want to be a part of it. They just do their list and nothing more and they don't push each other harder. Does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense. I mean, it's, 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 that's a perfect example. I mean, you use the military, man. I've, everyone, if you're listening to this, you've been in the military and you've been to a unit where it's just kind of just go and everybody, everyone's pretty much just collecting a paycheck, right? Um, and I'm sure you've also been to a unit, if you've been in long enough, to where, it, just like Shelby's saying, they've literally built a culture. Um, and well, we can say the 82nd, for example, everybody talks about drinking the Kool-Aid and and just being there and um, and you know, every, everything is so much more pumped up there. I haven't even been there, but they've established a culture there that, that that's what you expect, right? That's what you expect by going there. You got to drink the Kool-Aid and, and, you know, everyone's hard charging there. Right. So I think it's very similar to what you're talking about. 
Yeah. I, I will say, yeah, go, go for it. Joe. No, 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 please you. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that uh, when we look at, so this is one thing that me and Shelby really balance each other, each other out is because um, you can look on, on, in her background, you see all those books over there that she's read, right? You can see my bookshelf, maybe you can't, all those books we've read. We, people, you know, leaders are readers, yippee ki -yay. What happens is we read books and we tend to, to start to find answers, but we may not know necessarily when those answers come into play. And what do I mean by that? When I'm sitting there reading all these books about corporate structure and everything else, you have to realize that these are people making a hundred million, a billion dollars in revenue. They got 4,000 employees. Yeah, maybe we do need to pump some people through the pipeline so we can identify those people that really fit the culture that can move up to the executive level. Shelby was able to realize and say, hey, this is still a startup. Let's bring it back down to reality. In order for us to even get to that other level, we have to find uh, people that actually fit the culture. Uh, so I think that was very insightful for you to know that from, from the beginning and kind of bring, a, you know, take that with you throughout the journey for sure. It's still um, my, my most important thing. You, you know that, Mike. Yeah. And, and honestly, Mike, I've seen great change in you over the past freaking, I would, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> six months, but maybe more. So like, no, probably about six months. It's before it was very much, you know, machine. Okay. Let's, this is the business analytical aspect of it. That's almost like cold um, and factual, which Mike, I love you. You know that, but, <laughs> but even the, the past, you know, six months, Mike's more been like, okay, well, we need to think about the community. How does that affect our culture? How does that affect the people? And I'm just like, it's, it is interesting because, and, and I'm actually getting more about like, okay, well, let's think about the back end. Let's think about the business. Yeah. That's again, talking more about partners and how much they matter because Mike and I definitely um, complement each other. But what you have to realize, I think that by removing the humanity, it is, that will be crippling. And, and I, I'm learning more, I don't know enough about it, but I'm learning more like about history and um, psychology and philosophy and all of these things. You know, I'm, I'm on a Jordan Peter, Peterson kick as well. And he talks a lot about how um, by stripping the humanity, it, it strips the energy and people don't want to be a part of it anymore. So that's, I'm, yeah, same, yeah. same point, but. And that's extremely important for us to understand, like, like Dan was just saying about the military. The military is one large corporation is really what it is. And even within that large corporation, you have those individual units that can still preserve culture. So regardless of where you are in your journey, what, whatever uh, business you're in, industry you're in, or whatever you're doing, understand that you can still identify a culture and be a part of a very specific culture. So do not feel like you are stuck in the situation that you're in. Now, when you're talking about Jordan Peterson, um, obviously I've been a part of this journey, but let's talk about, or let's tell the audience essentially what that personal growth now has looked like for you for the past two years. What are some of the biggest personal milestones, changes in thought patterns that, like you mentioned, going from all real estate and business to now, uh, you know, human, human psychology. Tell us a little bit more about uh, that personal side. Yeah, that actually started hardcore for me in the beginning of COVID in the, I started reading a lot more, reflecting a lot more. That's something that, gosh, I think is so important that I never used to do. I would completely be like, oh, that's a waste of time to sit down and reflect and brainstorm about, you know, personal <laughs> interactions with people or whatever. Because in the beginning, back in 2018, I was much more like Mike. I would see people based on the value that they could bring to 
business. Like I wouldn't see them based on the, and Mike, I'm not, I don't mean any of this bad. I, oh, I don't care. Okay, I don't I care. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, with some reflection, I realized like, gosh, and I have so many notebooks, which I, if I had a read ahead, I could have had this shit more prepared. <laughs> it's better this way. It's better this way. Uh-huh. It's yeah. All natural, all natural, mm-hmm. all real. Yeah. So a couple of things I realized is like, I didn't need to be as cutthroat. I didn't need to be as ruthless because one of the things that you can realize too, is that life is long. I, everyone always says life is short, but if you think about it right now, Mike, you're 31 too. Dan, I, I don't know too. Dan, how old are you? 33. Cool. I'll be 31 next month. Um, and that everyone's like rushing, rushing, constantly blowing off things like relationships and like the small details and stopping to smell the roses. But like, if you think about it, we're, we have hopefully 50 more years, 50 more years. And I didn't even wake up till I was 27. I don't know about you guys, but I did not wake up in my brain until I was 27 years old. So thinking that there's like 50 more years when I'm only three, almost four years old, is like a bizarre way to think about it. And by realizing that I start to take more time for relationships, for other people, for understanding that things that aren't a big deal to me that I brush off are huge deals to other people. And people is where opportunity is and okay. Opportunity in business, because people where the money are, people where deals are, you guys afford all this, but people are also where you find the most connection and fulfillment. If you guys think about like, at the end of the day, when you've had a really good day, you've probably helped someone. You've probably coached someone through something and you saw that fire light up in their eyes. And they're like, you, they got it. They appreciated you. And they're grateful. Like truly for me at the end of the day, when I'm happiest, I'm like, I have freaking helped people. And so by understanding that, reflecting on yourself, what brings you energy, what makes you happy, you start to realize that the things that you didn't think were important are actually the most important things. Yo, that, I love this conversation. I really, really do love this conversation. Um, And and I think I understand exactly where you're coming from because over the past couple of years, I've been reflecting and doing the same things, right? Um, and, And I think a lot of that stems from just, just like you said, the rush, right? We're, we're in a rush to do rush. things. And it's kind of yes. hard to balance that that piece of, hey, I want to be financially free or financially stable. You have all these financial type goals, but then sometimes, you know, in order to pursue those and really, really get ahead of those, you know, you have to sacrifice on a little bit of the family and you have to sacrifice on a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And depending on how much you want to push towards that bucket, you can really get lost there, man. You can really, really get lost and, and, and kind of, you know, kind of come down on yourself a little, a little bit. Right. And, and I think, um, you know, Mike's helped me with that actually. Like I, I've, I've kind of dealt with the same issues and we've, and you know, Mike's had, uh, uh, conversations with me offline, like, Hey man, you know, you got to relax. It's not all about this. It's not all about that. You know? And, and like those relationships dude. like, I really appreciate those. That's like, that's fantastic. And sometimes it takes that and it takes some reflecting to really feel, to really, to really gather a sense of where you are in life and where you want to be in, and then really value what's most important to you. Right. So I really, really love that topic. And Anna, I appreciate you sharing that. Of course. And I do want to say that that doesn't mean that you need to give everyone your time. That doesn't mean yes. that yes. freaking everyone <laughs> deserves all of this. It's, it's, you have to be able to realize when people are actually listening 
when people are actually appreciating, you know, you and the relationship that you're building, because it's two ways, of course. Um, and those who don't, kept, like, don't do it. Say no, because that's another thing that will drain you. If you want, you're like, oh, I'm going to help people. I'm going to pour into relationships. If they don't receive, if they aren't, it's not a two-way street, it's going to drain the shit out of you. So make sure that you pay attention to that as well. And then the other thing I was going to say is when I say like, take time for relationships and like take time, I'm not saying like take time and go watch TV and Netflix for four hours. I'm talking about like other things that are meaningful because I mean, I don't regret the fire and the urgency that I felt at all, to be honest. And, and Mike and I were the same way. We were actually crazy, like with our motivation, our fire, like, oh my God, every single day was like a complete rush of how much can we get done in one day and I think that there was a lot of growth that came from that from those experiences I don't think that right now we'd be able to say yeah what really matters is x y and z if we didn't also experience that so again I think I'm rambling but like basically if you have that fire within you pursue it but then also take the time to like Dan was saying reflect and adjust and yeah all those things (laughs) <laughs> and I think that's extremely important for everybody to, again, listen to what she's saying, because uh, we get asked the question very often, hey, I want to do what you did in 12 months. I was like, OK, do, do you really? OK, great. Well, we slept three hours a night. You know what I'm saying? We woke up. We did our thing. We were grinding. We knocked on all these doors. We called all these people. We got no. We got cussed out. We had to fight people. We almost got sued. Yes. We had to do a lot of stuff. Right. And again, hindsight being 2020, well, damn, I did all that to get these doors when I could have got five Airbnbs Mm -hmm. (laughs) and had the same money, right? And understanding the importance of financial freedom. So uh, to Shelby's point, when she mentioned that we're trying to inspire people to find that financial freedom number in three years, why? Why? It's because as soon as you have that financial freedom number, whatever it is for you, you can breathe a little bit, take your head out of the grind and actually start to work on those relationships which immediately improve your quality of life. Stress levels go down. You can say no a lot easier to people and and life really starts to become enjoyable. (laughs) It's not necessarily enjoyable all the time. All right, so, um, oh, you got something, Dan, go for it. Yeah, no, I I wanted to do like a small transition too because I mean, I'm assuming that's kind of where where you were going to. Yeah, I just got a few questions for that are just gonna be off the the cuff here because she wasn't expecting these, so. These are going to be good for the audience. You know I'm a planner. Damn you. It's fine. It's fine. That's why I did this. All right. So check (laughs) it out. (laughs) So when people think of Shelby Osbourne, they think of Wonder Woman, right? And um, most people think, yeah, it's true, right? But most people think that you go out there and you take on the world head first with no doubt in your mind. But I have a question for you. What actually scares you? What are you potentially concerned of in life? And I'm not talking about like drowning. I'm just, you know, just hmm. like in general, like. Um, I'm scared of, honestly, I'm scared of relationships. I know this sounds really weird. I'm scared that I'm going to, you know, unexpectedly die in a car accident and I will not have built the relationship with my parents that I should have. That scares me because over the past three and a half years or how long we've been in this journey, just like we talked about, I was freaking nose to the freaking grindstone and I was go, go, go and did not pick my head up. And like my parents freaking raised me, they pour everything into me and all they want is my time. And I haven't had the time for them recently. So I'm scared of not fixing that. 
Um, I, another thing that also scares me is, is if I do write, raise private capital from people that I have those relationships, something that does scare me is if for any reason, something unexpected happens and I lose their money. That is literally one of the greatest fears that I've ever, that's why I'm so careful when I talk to people about raising private capital, people like use that really previously, like, oh, I'm just going to raise private capital. I'm like, are, have you like checked your numbers a bajillion times? Have you done all of the research? Because that is someone's savings. That is their life that they're trusting with you. That is like the biggest responsibility. So I guess both of those are relationship-based, but those would be my two that come to mind without thinking. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't want a perfectly curated answer man we, we, we like the you know the authenticity so it's, mm -hmm. it's awesome what's the next That's question Mark? yeah yeah and uh, all that no guys with the relationship pieces this is what this is what uh allows customer service right in, in corporations to go one step above when you actually genuinely care about the relationships and so i think that's extremely important um the next question is just now now that you're at a different stage in life what is your new why what is your new purpose that you found and i know we've talked about this a lot and it's kind of hard to pinpoint but just what yeah. are your thoughts on it lately it's it's all about helping people who want to help themselves and i don't know if that sounds generic if it does that's okay um because not right now the thing that makes me feel so good is when i'm helping our admin who worked as employees for years now start their own businesses and help them grow and do business development and watching them as their entire worlds change from being an employee to being a business owner and investing. Oh my God, that's amazing. And then the agents, you know, or investors, even that I meet at meetups, people finding those people who really care and want to change and are willing to put in all of that work and then helping them is like, Bro, the most fucking cool thing ever. And having the time to enjoy it because I did it before, um, but I was always like, okay, you know, three minutes left, we got to go on to the next. I don't have time, let's go. But now it's like, whatever time you need, I will give it to you. And it, it just, God, it's a different mind, mindset, perspective and feeling. So I, I got a question along with that, right? Because we're talking about a lot of time preservation and now I have the time to do this versus two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. When did you become financially free? Because I like I'm trying. I, I think it, it's important to note, like, all right, I came became financially free, and now I'm literally able to say no whenever I want to, and now my life has become more enjoyable, and now you know, so on and so forth. So yeah, I don't have like a date. I don't have, and that's one of those things well, that oh, I I didn't even it snuck up on me because I was looking forward so much. If you're constantly like, what's next? What's next? What's next? taking that time to slow down and realizing like what I have is enough and making sure that what you have, you pour enough energy and focus into it to make it the best thing that it can be. Um, but I know that's not really what you're asking. No, I would say <laughs> um, enough to survive and live that came pretty quickly, but to, enough to feel comfortable. I haven't really felt comfortable until probably um, November of 2020, I would say, is when I started to realize that like, hey, I'm okay. Like, I don't wake up every day with that pit in my stomach of like, oh my God, am I going to die today? Mike, you're going to say something. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I think, I think you said something that was actually more important than finding the date or the, 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 the number is you said it was a mindset shift. 
You mm-hmm. said being able to look up and, oh, I'm comfortable where I'm at. I right. appreciate what I have. I think that is so understated in this community. When we talk about financial independence, it's a mindset. Totally. Guys, if you really wanted to do it and it was, you can live off of pennies totally. here in the States, right? We have, we have all kinds of EBT and everything else that can, you can use to live. So when we talk about financial independence, if you tie a number to it, it's because you've already made up in your mind what that money is going to. It's a mindset of when you actually feel comfortable. And I think that's extremely imperative because, you know, Shelby mentioned how she reached it, but she didn't even feel comfortable until a short time after, right? I, I think that's extremely understated. So I just really want to highlight that for the audience. Remember, it's, it's your own personal subjective idea of freedom. Yeah, right, that was all the questions I, I had. That's I it. Had to, yeah, well, well, for those little two like little <laughs> nuggets, I, I just wanted to kind of throw those at you. But I know Dan had something. Yeah, so so there's a couple of um because I remember the first episode and one that blew my mind, which I'm pretty sure you're gonna ask, uh, which I'm pretty sure you're tracking what I'm gonna ask about the the max bang theory, right? Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the max bang theory. And I remember yeah. I remember uh you bringing that up, and I think at that moment you were trying to work something with that. Um, has it ever come to fruition or have you ever seen anyone actually use it? First of all, can you explain what that is? Yeah. And then- and then kind of go go from there really quick because we I had believe it or not I had a lot of people like approach me like hey this Max Bang method bro like, that's so funny because we literally made that up that's the funny thing Mike and I actually talk that a lot like half the shit that like we say our whole team says the community says I'm like we made that shit up like that is <laughs> not a real thing okay anyway so the Max Bang this is so funny I never actually used this nor do I know anyone who's used this but someone should please do it and then let me know how it goes so. You have a VA loan. Well, in the military, this is military listeners and it's hundred percent financed. So the, the scenario that we talked about was off market for, if I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was four off market quadplexes that were all 100% paid off. So the owner owed them outright. So the max bang idea would be you use your VA and, and he had a, a number in mind that he wanted to sell this at and it, you know, broke down between the four. So if you buy one, then it's 25% of what he was looking for. Um, And so what the idea was is that you use your VA loan to buy one and that money, 100% of that money would go to the seller and then counting as your 25% down payment. And then the remainder would be seller financed at um, over X amount of terms, you figure figure it out. But the idea is you get 0% down, you purchase one with your VA loan and you get three that come along with it. So max bang would be zero money out of pocket in theory, your VA loan and four quads. Is that the scenario, which just pulled out of yeah. my ass. Is that right? That, that was, that, that was, was about it. I don't know if it was four or five, but essentially that's, oh, you know, okay. but that's gotcha. exactly what it was. It was a list of quads owner, owner owned all of them outright cash. And basically you buy one with the VA loan and that, that is your down payment for the other for the collective basically. So yes. Yeah. Yes. So obviously it would be a certain scenario where like, you'd have to find off whatever the case may yeah. be, but it's like someone do that. Please. It's still pretty cool though. Like I, when, when, it, when, <laughs> uh, when I heard it, when you mentioned it, I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, that's, a, that's a highlight to just the creativity, right? Um, again, it's, it's Shelby does a great job at this. 
she sits back and she never says no. She always says, well, how can we do this, right? And it may not be something that's all that uh, attractive at the end of the day, but nonetheless, she'll, she'll always go through and figure <laughs> out the how. So, uh, you know, kudos to you for that one, for sure. If you had one piece of advice that you would share or you would, you would uh, give to a service member that's trying to kind of go along the same journey as you, right? And, and actually, I'm going to say two pieces of advice, of advice, one for the agency side and then one for disinvesting, right? Um, if you had some piece of advice that you could give to our audience, um, something that they can do to kind of mirror what you're doing, what would that piece of advice be? House hack, use your VA loan, get four doors with one purchase if possible. Buy that quad, live in one, rent out the three units and definitely start. But the advice though would be realize that there is a way to make your goals happen. A lot of people feel like, gosh, there's no way I could do all this. No, there is. You can do it. You just have to decide. So that would be my advice for that. Um, and then on the agent side of the house, very similar. It's like, and Mike said this earlier when he's like, when people say we want to be like you, we want to do what you've done. It's like, do you really? Um, realizing that you can do anything, but you have to be willing to accept the amount of work and ownership and responsibility and hurt that comes along with it. Um, so I guess it's, again, the same mindset. It's like, you can do it. It's just, you have to be willing to pay the cost that comes along with it. Pay the cost to be the boss. Yeah, <laughs> dude, for sure. I love it. Awesome. All right. So now everybody's remotivated. They, they went back and watched your last episode. They heard you talk about all this beautiful growth for the last hour here. Now, how can they find you? Yeah, sure. Um, Instagram lately is actually the best way. It's uh, real estate with Shelby Osborne on Instagram or on Facebook, real estate with Shelby Osborne. Um, FivePillarsRealty.com inquiries hit, go through the contact us and it'll, it'll come through uh, my email as well. So really just those three avenues is what you should do. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing uh, the journey or the, 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 another part of the journey with us. Um, that it's, it's, it's awesome. Again, I, I just want to say it's just so awesome to see the growth, man. It's just great, dude. Like it's really, it really, really is. And I appreciate everything you're doing uh, for not just the agency side, but just for other service members and everyone else around you, right? Like, so you have that infectious personality and I, and I love it. It's, it's just awesome. So uh, thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for coming on and sharing uh, the information on the podcast with us. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Super fun. Love you guys. <laughs> Excellent. You too. We'll have you back for 201. All right. <laughs> cool. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Sounds good. 201. Um, so it, again, this is like Mike said, if you haven't listened to the, the first episode, it's the very first episode, go listen to it and then come back and listen to this and you can see the growth uh, that's happened and a lot more stuff will probably make a little bit more sense too. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, please do us a favor, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and make sure you hit the little notification bell there as well so you can get some more of these dope-ass content, right? Um, if you're listening to this on podcast, uh, leave us a review. We really appreciate those. And lastly, join the Facebook group. Uh, there's a lot of service members in there, like uh, Shelby herself, um, and she, she can you know answer any questions you might have about uh, some of these cool concepts um, if, you're, if you're wanting to know. Um, with that said, this is Mike. Or wow, this is Mike. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <It is. laughs> With that said, this is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby signing off.